Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 166 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. And my name is Barbara. Try not to sound like I sound every other time, just like you. My name is Elvis. (laughs) I don't don't know how I'm supposed to change that up. (laughs) You won't. It's (laughs) So it's Memorial Day. When this episode comes out, you got big plans for the long weekend? I'm going to go for a long run. There you go. Real yard work cook you know i love it yeah i just need three days off actually i'm taking uh, tuesday and wednesday off too just to relax and hang out with my kids so looking forward to it your three-day weekend becomes a five-day weekend yes sir <laughs> nice mm-hmm. i just started a new job i, I don't want to ask for time off yet you know? yeah <laughs> what are you doing no major plans actually cool. try to take it easy weather's supposed to be decent so looking forward to just being outside a decent 65 degrees you know you're you're about right so 65 <laughs> 68 that's beautiful okay. weather here in india it is we'll actually take i'll take it yeah <laughs> what are you 106 is that yeah, what you guys are it's looking it's 90 at? and we're going on like day 19 of no rain it's really parched here oh I mean, I like warm, but I, I like it when it rains and everything gets green. When you're going on 19 days, it's like, ugh, so. Yeah. Well, you got that whole ocean, so. Yep. <laughs> I know, exactly. So sorry about your luck. So what's going on this week? Well, actually, this week starts Dental Technician and CDT Appreciation Month. And here at Voices from the Bench, we need your help. Mm-hmm. So please record yourself giving thanks to that special someone in our industry, and we will play it on the podcast. We've done it for the last two years, and everybody gets a kick out of being mentioned. So this is the perfect opportunity for lab owners to thank their staff, managers to thank their teams, vendors to thank their clients, or just a technician to thank another technician that helped them on their journey to be better. It's super easy to do. Just record yourself on your phone or computer and email it to info at voicesfromthebench.com and we will play it on the podcast. So let's show the industry that we care about each other. Aww. I'm going to do one again this year too. Yeah, so far we've gotten zero. So that means everybody hates each other. <laughs> Aww. Let's go, people. Come on. So a few months ago, LMT Magazine did a feature called 40 Under 40. This was a collection of 40 people that work in our industry that are all under the age of 40. It's no secret that the dental lab industry is full of older technicians, and it's nice to see the younger generation get recognized as they find their place among us. I'm sorry, Barb, that they didn't have you in this issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that where I say up yours, Elvis? I believe so. <laughs> Beep off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make the issue either. I'm, I'm too old. Oh, no. So randomly on social media, because that's where I spend way too much of my time, I saw people give congratulations to others for being featured in this article. So we reached out to two of them and asked if they would come on the podcast to talk about themselves, their careers, and being featured in the 40 Under 40. First up is Julia Azumi from Chanteau Dental Ceramics up in Vancouver. With a bachelor's degree in science and a degree as a registered dental technician, Julia fell in love with dental and has spent the last 10 years plus honing her skills to become the lab's production supervisor. And then we chat with Chris Love with Absolute Dental Services. This young technician runs a removable department that not only makes traditional removables, 
but is heavy into the digital denture production. So join us as we chat with Julia Azumi and Chris Love. Elvis, when your lab was getting busy again after the shutdown, how the heck did you handle all of the extra work? It definitely came back a lot quicker than we expected. And the nice thing is that we have amazing partner to labs in the industry, Alien Milling. Not only did they handle all the designs that we were not prepared to do, but they could also handle any milling we needed done. So, you know, one of the buzzwords is that the outsourced design centers lack consistency. Did you see any of that? Was that an issue? Not at all. Not only was everything back to us the next day, all the designs were done here in the U.S. with a team of dedicated technicians that gave us what we like to call straight-to-mill designs. So basically, that's no adjustments needed in my language. Pretty much. You didn't have to open up 3Shape to make sure it looked okay. Nice. It went straight to the mill. And if the case was super complex, we just let them mill it. No matter if it was a zirconia crown, Emacs, an abutment, titanium bars, or even dentures. I had no idea they do all of that. So how is their turnaround times? We all know that that's the most difficult part of outsourcing work. You know, you just don't know. Absolutely. Most services are done next day. From crowns to bars, even the iVotion digital denture next day. Wow. Seriously, next day? That's amazing. Yep. What if I want to have Alien mill some of my crowns, but also mill my own? Do you think the doctors will know the difference? You know, believe it or not, they're not just a milling center. Alien Milling also provides the discs of the same zirconia and can set you up with one of their amazing mills so you can produce the same quality restorations that you want your lab to be known for. Wow. Sounds out of this world, totally amazing. What is the best way to find out more about Alien Milling? You can give them a call at 844-ZIRCONIA. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty fancy. That's 844-947-2664. Or head over to alienmilling.com to see all the services and products they offer. I'm going to do it. Thank you. We appreciate your support of our podcast, Alien Milling. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. Excited to welcome to the podcast today, Julia Azumi. I think I got it right. Julia Azumi from Vancouver, British Columbia, who recently got picked in LMT's 40 Under 40. Yay! Yes, that's awesome. We found you online, and I thought, you know what? Let's find out Julia's story. Julia, how are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. And uh, many, many thanks to LMT Magazine for including my story. It's such an honor to be featured, you know, along with all these talented and passionate fellow nominees. And, you know, more than anything, I think I've really enjoyed reading everybody's stories. It's so inspiring with, you know, all this ambition and, you know, drive to go above and beyond in this profession. So congratulations to everyone. (laughs) Absolutely. That was well put. You know, I did. I looked at all of the profiles, Mm -hmm. you know, looking for a future guest, but um, (laughs) just reading them all, you're right. I mean, so many different stories or how they got into the industry or what they were doing or their inspirations. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. So let's find out what yours is. How did you end up in the 
dental industry. So 2005, I graduated from the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. Um, I got my bachelor's degree in science. And to be honest, there was like a now what moment. Um, I didn't really know what to do after. And actually, a good friend of mine was in the same situation. And she told me about the dental technology program at a local school. And I had no idea what that was. Uh, but I looked mm. into it. And it sounded it really interesting to me. I get to work with my hands, create something. But it also required dental knowledge and material science. So I thought that, you know, my previous education can help me with the theory. So biology, chemistry, anatomy. So I applied. We did our manual dexterity test and my friend and I got in and I really enjoyed it. I, I really felt like this is what I wanted to do. And in terms of work, so in the first year of school, we had to go out to different labs for observation and, you know, write a report of what we saw. And one of the labs I visited was Chantel Dental Ceramics. It was a small Crown and Bridge lab of nine people. Mm -hmm. I just fell in love with that lab, like instantly. People were welcoming, warm, and encouraging. And I think I just chose my lab at that moment. I was like, this is it. This is where I wanted to work. So I did my practicum there. I worked in the summer and part-time during my second year, and then eventually full-time after I graduated. I started with opaquing, diagnostic wax-ups, model work, temporaries, and then you know, eventually I touched on CAD CAM, but I went into more metal work, gold crowns, long-span PFM bridges, and implants. So, so that really built my foundational knowledge of restorations. 2014, I had my first son, came back a year later, um, had my second son in 2017. I did decided to uh, take a break and stay at home with my kids. And I was away mm -hmm. from work for, for two years. I did some part-time work, but I find it was hard to do part-time work in this line of work. So it didn't really work out. But the guy I worked for, he was really good at what he did. And I learned a lot from him. So it was a good experience. And then it was December 2019. Uh, Hans Forsander, he's one of the previous owners of Shanto. Um, he contacted me out of the blue. He he asked me what I was doing and, you know, I said, you want to have coffee and talk. So we got together and he told me what was going on in, at Shanto, you know, the past two years. They said... Uh, they sold the lab to Small Innovations Group in 2018. It's an investment company, you know, focusing on acquiring labs and offering dental products and services. And it's headed by Donald Park, who I think you both know. He has an yeah. impressive resume and he's well known in the dental industry. And Manny Pada, who is... Um, entrepreneur investor with you know numerous awards and recognition and I think he was only 26 when he built his first multi-million dollar company or something like that so you know a great team and they were looking for someone to join the management team and Hans basically asked me if I wanted to come back and you know I visited the new lab and you know saw my old colleagues and everyone was happy to see me they were all asking me when I was coming back and like I wasn't really prepared at that moment because I thought I was just going <laughs> for coffee with my old boss right yeah, but you know yeah so but I I thought it was a great opportunity so so I said yes and I was back February 2020 as production supervisor and technical consultant, I was super excited, but also very anxious. You know, I think I was most anxious about talking to dentists because I'm such a shy and, you know, not really outgoing person. I'm just happy working at the bench. Right. But, you know, uh -huh. I just I just wanted to do this, you know, kind of 
actually, I was talking to dentists on day two, so the rest is history. Oh, and then COVID wow. hit. COVID hit, I guess. Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> Everything was shut down. So you said you're talking to dentists, but didn't you go right into management when you came back? Yes. So, I mean, yeah, I was working at the bench for over 10 years and I didn't really have much experience in sort of like a supervisor role, but I did understand the workflow and I was doing a little bit of like treatment planning with implants with Hans and, you know, like I was learning a lot from Hans. And so, I mean, in that aspect of it, like it wasn't such a great leap, but I mean, in the first year, like I learned so much, right? It's just like it's constant learning about, yeah, how to talk to doctors and, and it's also case specific. And I was just, you know, just sitting beside Hans when he's talking to a dentist so that I can just listen to everything he was saying and how he's talking to the doctors. And I, I learned a lot that way. I had to learn fast. <laughs> yeah, dentists usually are pretty good at getting you prepared to talk to the next dentist because what you learn <laughs> talking from one yeah. definitely carries over to the other. I remember exactly. when I first started and I f- mm-hmm. first got on a phone with the doctor, I was mm-hmm. terrified Yes, that I wouldn't have the knowledge to communicate, yes, but it yes. wasn't long that you start realizing that you have more. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, it's just kind of repetition too. And you, you find that you're kind of almost saying the same thing sometimes too, right? Oh, yeah, it's, like, absolutely. It's, it's sort of different problems, but, you know, it's kind of like material selection or, you know, in terms of implant treatment planning, you know, you're, you have your options, right? And you're, you're giving them the options and, and talking about the risks and stuff like that. And that, yeah, the more you do it, you, you just get a little bit more comfortable and you get to apply your knowledge to that. So sure. yeah, definitely it was, yeah, that first call was, I think it was just the call of about um, clearance issues, but I was super nervous. Oh, I know. I remember sure. too. Now it's like a no big thing. You just kind of get used to it. And... and I actually like, you know, that the relationship that you form, you know, with some of the dentists as well, you know, they kind of go for you for advice sometimes. And it's great to just kind of talk about teeth. Yeah. So our laboratory worked with a Canadian laboratory probably five or six years ago. And what I noticed and what you can probably confirm is that the quality that they expect in Canada is a bit higher than what we're used to. Do you guys use microscopes on everything there? Yes, we do. (laughs) Really? Yeah. We check the margins. Even CAD CAM, like even zirconia and, and those types of restorations, do you scope? Yeah, I mean, you know, when they're doing the fitting and everything, we, we have them check with the microscopes, yes. Yeah. How about you guys? Do you guys use loops or? I do. I don't think Elvis yeah. does, but I do for sure. I don't personally, but yeah, our lab uses loops and we have microscopes, what, on at middle finishing? Yes, for sure. Yeah. They don't use microscopes for everything, right? But I guess, you know, I think margins are, are super important that day. I was super impressed. That's not a negative in any way. We were working with those laboratories. It's just definitely a different type of quality restoration in Canada from what I know. Okay. Better? In a good way. (laughs) (laughs) So Julie, I'd like to go back. You mentioned that you already went through school. You already got a bachelor degree. (laughs) 
And then mm-hmm. you went to dental technology school? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like I said, it was. But, you know, I couldn't really, I didn't know what to do afterwards. And it wasn't like, I, you know, I was able to get a job anywhere. Yeah. Um, it was like, you know, do I have to go to, you know, more schooling? I was thinking about, you know, dental school as well. But that's, you know, just even more years of school. And oh, yeah. I, I just really wanted to start working, I guess, you know. So um, that's how I got into it. How long is their program? It's two years. Two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are there a lot of schools in Canada? In America, everybody knows mm-hmm. that, you know, there's not as many as there used to be. How strong is it in Canada? Um, in BC, there's two right now. Um, I know there's not that many schools around okay. um, in, in Canada. But yeah, I mean, I was just looking at the, the statistics for last year, and I think there was only like 14 students registered at the college. Oh, so wow. yeah, I think we, we do have the same problem where, like yeah. I told you, like I, I never even knew this profession existed. And I think a lot of people don't unless, you know, you're sort of kind of born into it or you kind of stumble sure. upon it. Yeah. So I think that, you know, trying to get people interested in the program, it, it is a challenge yeah. in Canada as well. Yeah, it's no different. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... You do learn, you know, the theory and basics in school, but a lot of it, you have to acquire the skills during work. You have to, Mm -hmm. you know, just years of practice and looking at real life cases, right? Oh, yeah. It takes a long time to build that skill set. Do they teach a lot of CAD CAM in the schools? So, I mean, when I went to school, uh, there wasn't, we just did sort of like a research paper on it, but now they, I think they do have starting to implement more of the the CAD CAM programs. Yeah. And and you did graduate with an RDT, right? A registered dental technician? So we had to take the test for it afterwards. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I got the diploma for the dental technology program. And then we had to study and kind of prepare for the RDT license exam. Wow. About a year later after that. Do you plan on getting your CDT? Um, Do they have CDT in Canada? Is that the same? I I think in Alberta they do. In BC, you can only get your RDT. Wow. Yeah. I'm not sure you know, how that works, like how you get your CDT, what's the difference there? I thought CDT, you could be anywhere. I don't know. That's a great question, to be honest with you, but I don't think so. We need to ask somebody. Yeah. That's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, so I guess with my RDT, yeah, it's just kind of Canada, but um, yeah, I probably need CDT for for if I'm working in the States or something like that, right? So So what's the favorite part of your day now? What's my favorite part of the day? Oh, good question. I don't know. It's just every day I'm just doing a lot. It's busy. I think it's kind of learning, you know, about new. I I learn something new every day, right? Yeah. And yeah, like, like I was saying, you know, to somebody that when I'm working at the bench, you know, you're sort of just focused on that, right? Yes. Um, whatever true. you're doing. But then now, like, I have to learn everything. Like, I'm, I've never been a ceramist, but I have to learn about porcelain materials, you know, material selection. And, you know, I, I do the shade taking with the ceramist and I, I talk to the patient and, you know, I, I take the photographs and 
you know, we, we like to talk to the patients too to get the history of their teeth. So, yeah, yeah. and you find out a lot about it. So you find out that, you know, oh, that tooth is root canal treated or they're bleaching, you know, or their temporaries keep breaking. And you learn so much from that, that is not on the RX. And yeah. then, you know, you, you have to go back to the dentist and be like, oh, you know, I saw the patient and, you know, I think this is going to be a problem or, you know, it's, I think the stump is too dark to do Emacs. And there, there's so much that sort of goes on that even just talking to patients so you know, the communication part of this is it's challenging, but like it, it's exciting and um, something that drives me. And, you know, there's like in my mind, there's two types of work. So there's that uh, everyday work that needs to get done, looking at cases, you know, talking to doctors. And then there's the work that needs to be done today so that things will be better tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So how do we improve our workflow? How do we solve recurring problems? Revisiting our protocols, materials, tools, equipment, you know, evaluating people, developing people. And that's an area where, you know, I... I wish I had more time to do, you know, without getting bogged down with everyday things. But yeah, that, that's what I get excited about just being in this position right now. You know, I get to be part of the solution. Yeah, that is so true. I love that. That's a great answer. <laughs> How often do we spend all of our energy getting out the work that's due today? Exactly. A whole lot of it. <laughs> yeah, but you got to find that time to work on improving for the stuff for tomorrow. <laughs> yes. And I mean, when we were shut down during COVID, it was because before that, like we were just so busy, you know, like our heads were down, like we we're just like, okay, one day at a time. But when, when everything stopped, it, it was time to just kind of reflect on what we were doing. We we're like, okay, now we have all this time. Let's try to think about how to improve things. And it, it was a time where, you know, we all encourage each other to, you know, uh, watch webinars, you know, learn. And when we came back mid-May, you know, like I think uh, Donald and Manny, like they were good at just kind of trying to reorganize everything and just, you know, asking me for advice on how we can improve our workflow and, you know, scheduling and everything. And it, it was sort of good to just take that break and, you know, rethink things through for better tomorrow. So did your whole lab close or did you guys keep um, a yes. few people there? Yeah, we had to close. Um, oh, um, I mean, there, yeah, there were a couple because there were some emergency, you know, cases that came in, but yeah, we were shut down. Wow. Yeah. Part, like, you guys believe that was a year ago already? Jeez. I know, right? Unbelievable. It just went by. And oh, I just want to say one thing. Um, yeah. There was a pivotal point last year. I took the two-day business management program offered by the NADL University in September. Oh, yeah. You went to NADL NADLU. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I, I got love to... that. We're yes, all graduates. Was... Yeah, that's yeah, great. And... Yeah, and I got, I guess I have Barbara to thank for that. I have the certificate with your signature on it. And oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, cool. it, it was a great program. It was a great program. I don't think that you can get that anywhere. It was management, but related to dental technology, you know? And I think, yeah. yeah, taking that course, like, really solidified my career goal. I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. And, you know, learning on the job is great. And I think that you learn case specific situations that you don't perhaps learn in school. 
But to me, it's sometimes bits and pieces of information that become a bit chaotic in the mind. So taking a course or a program like that really categorizes things. You see the big picture. It's organized. There's topics and subtopics, charts and terminology. So, and this is how I learn. So I highly recommend anyone in management or is interested in management to, to take this program. I was going to ask you what you did to, to hone in your management skills. And it does sound like they invest back into you. So that's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm also registered for a online management program in May. It's, it's like a six-week uh, part-time program, so I can still work and study at, at the same time. So, yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, want to work, learn from on the job, but also take all these courses, maybe like a financial course, nice. and just keep, just keep learning. Love it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you're going to take some courses on just general management, not specified to our industry. Yes, yes. So yeah, kind that's of cool. leadership and just essential management skills. It's not the easiest job, um, you know, no. leading people and everyday managing of people, but it sounds like you really love it. I read your article and it really sounds like you enjoy that part of it, which is really nice because some people think it's really hard, but I enjoy working with yeah. people and leading people yeah. and managing them. And mm-hmm. I think it's a gift. Yeah. It's not obviously, yeah, it's not easy. And, you know, you're dealing with a lot of people, but, you know, I just try to have this kind of team mentality and you know I don't know everything and you have all these people and resources and you know I just go to them for help if I don't know something and and what's the great thing about you know kind of working in this industry is like you, you you're stuck right you, you're you have a case where you don't know what to do and, and you ask somebody you're like oh what do you think what do you mm-hmm. think and you know we all discuss the case we talk about it first you know before we talk to the dentist and you know it's so collaborative that yeah. way so I, I don't feel alone in it you know we're, we're all in this together and you know we we all have a common goal to work towards love it and the nice thing about our industry is you can reach out to anyone almost and get help yes so the nadlu when you took that that was all online wasn't it it was <laughs> online yes it yeah was. that's unique because barb and i got to experience when it was in arizona oh yeah Nope. And I'm sure it's it's different, you know. Were you able to connect with the other attendees as well? Uh, yeah, I think that's the part where, you know, yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. I did email, like, you know, some people, but sure. it's kind of different. Yeah, it definitely doesn't have that feel, you know, when you're just talking to somebody in person yeah. and, as opposed to online, so. But, you know, I, I didn't have to, you know, travel, right? So I just had, I, I yep. just did it at home kind of thing. So Yeah. I recommend that in future years when mm-hmm. they do it live and in person, take it again. Mm-hmm. I am still real good friends with a lot of the yeah, people me that too. we were in that group with. Yep. I can bounce ideas off of them. You know, the content was great. The information was wonderful. But the connections made were just as right. important. Yeah. Right. So uh, do you normally go to LMT Lab Day in Chicago from Canada? No, actually, I've, yeah, I've never went. So, you know, hopefully I will be able to in the future when things open up. Oh, yeah, you so, would love um, it. There's the, yeah, I mean, there's the, the Pacific Dental Conference here, you know, in Vancouver mm-hmm. um, in March. So there's that and there's like the Spectrum Convention and oh, yeah. stuff up here in Canada. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I, I do those. But it definitely in the future, I would want to, you know, go to more of those big shows. 
For it's sure. pretty amazing. I'll tell you what, I miss all of the meetings that we're having, but there's nothing like lab day. Mm-hmm. Right, Elvis? Nothing comes close. <laughs> crazy great time. Right. Looking right. forward to next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Are the shows happening in Canada this year or are they not? They were virtual. So the PDC okay. just happened. And actually, there's some Spectrum programs tomorrow but yeah they're all virtual and yeah i think people are sort of tired of all this virtual stuff so i can't wait till you know i was webinared out four months ago yeah yeah yeah, it's tough but this is the new normal right now so yeah it sure is i can be see like or there's stricter restrictions now because of the you know number of COVID cases are, are rising again it's yep. it's kind of scary with the variant. it is yeah what about vaccine are people in the industry able to get the vaccine in yes Canada? yeah good yes so i got my vaccination last weekend so nice. yes my first shots yep how about you guys? Uh, I've been vaccinated since February. Fully oh. vaccinated, or like I like to call it, indestructible. Wow. Seriously? Yeah. Oh. You got it yeah. that quickly, huh? So hopefully you'll be able to travel to Nashville next weekend. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Visions 21 meeting. <laughs> but the second shots are in, in like four months, right? The second shots? Or you just got, it's just, just one shot. No, I got two shots and I oh, finished got... mine in February, yeah. Oh, you got both of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right now. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> great. Because I have to, I have to wait four months to get my second four shot. Four months? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> ah, here it's, it's uh, between three weeks. 21 and 45 days. Yeah, mm-hmm. three weeks. Four months. Yowza. Yes. So not indestructible yet. <laughs> no, not yet. Just just not partially. Yet. Yes, partially. <laughs> so what's next for you, Julia? I mean, you're rocking it in Shanto. What are, what are you mm-hmm. looking to tackle next? Well, I mean, you know, our lab is growing and, and small innovations. The company is also, you know, growing with the Shanto Okanagan, which just was operational March 1, and um, they're acquiring more labs. Um, but, I mean, Shanto, yeah, we're just... Uh, growing and I'm you know going to take these uh, online programs and just keep doing what I'm doing and just learning from everyone and you know trying to be as on many podcasts as I can (laughs) 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 this is my first one so I gotta start somewhere right (laughs) it's only up from here (laughs) (laughs) but it's great so Shanto is a full service right um, we just opened our removables department this year, January. Oh. Um, so we're becoming, yes, a wow. full service laboratory. Yeah. So were you part of that bringing in the removable? Um, I you know, don't want to take all the credit. I mean, it's really the whole team that kind of sure. put it together. But yeah, I mean, just uh, we have two great removable technicians now, but uh, we really want to get started on, you know, digital night guards and like kind of expanding our our digital department there as well. For a lab that opens a removable department now, today, Mm -hmm. this year, Mm -hmm. do you like lean more towards digital to get going? 
or do you still have a lot of the Bunsen burners in the wax pressing <laughs> units and all that? Yeah, for now, it's sort of the traditional methods, okay, but, yeah. you know, we do want to get moving on the digital stuff because, you know, I don't know what it is, but we, we're getting a lot of night guards, right? And, oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Hopefully we can get 3D printing the night guards soon. I mean, we have everything set up. We just have to kind of work on that digital side of it. Um, and yeah, and get it going. So, are you guys printing anything now, or? Well, we're printing, you know, the models for the yeah. kind of bridge work and stuff like that, um, and and the surgical guides that we do, but um, not night guards yet. Yeah, <laughs> we will be. It's a few more clicks in the different. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That sounds very easy. Yeah, no problem. No problem. You'll be doing it on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing to learn. Do you guys get a lot of intraoral scans? Yes, we are getting more and more. I, I What's find. popular in Canada? Which scanners? Yeah. The Itero, Trios, Medit. List is the same. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's really the same. Yeah. 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 But yeah, in that aspect, it's kind of like a little bit difficult too because, you know, just because they they have a scanner, you know, it doesn't mean that the scans are going to be perfect, right? Oh, so yeah. I think That's for sure. <laughs> there's that aspect of, yeah. <laughs> Talking to them about, you know, like, can we go ahead with this, these unclear margins or, you know. <laughs> Even when it's on the screen, yeah, they don't see it. Or they do see it and they still send it. It just makes me crazy. They ignore yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we, fix st- it. we started to kind of be a little bit more vigilant. And, you know, we, we were actually sending a lot of like emails to doctors saying, hey, like this doesn't look too clear. Can we go ahead? And they're like, oh, why are you guys, you know, starting to say this now? Like it was fine before. Just just do it. Yep. <laughs> just run it. Well, you know. <laughs> we hear that a lot too, but we try. We, we communicate a lot with our clients. So, you know, when you see that. Mm-hmm. and send them emails or texts and show them but yeah. still a lot of the time they say just go with it just run it right right yeah. if it becomes a problem with you know fit issues or just a lot of remakes then then we really really need to you know talk to them about you know improving on their end but yep. um you know if it's fine for them then hey. you know what can we do Agreed. right so true well julia Thanks for coming on the podcast, and congratulations on the 40 under 40. Yay! Thanks. Barb was upset. She wasn't picked for that. shut up. Be nice. (laughs) (laughs) And we love hearing from Canadian people in a lab, you know? Canadian people in labs. Yeah. I think it's cool, and congratulations, and thanks for sharing your story with us. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, hopefully we'll see you later sometime. Good luck. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would love to Yeah, come visit you guys and see how you guys run your lab and there you hopefully go. Learn, learn from you guys. So, yeah, looking forward to meeting everybody in person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be nice to see anybody. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. That's for sure. All right, Julia. All right. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. We'd like to welcome to the podcast a special 40 under 40, Chris Love from Absolute Dental. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. How are you all? Doing fantastic. fantastic. So, Chris, we love to talk to people with the last name of Love. Oh, we saw so you. Funny. I know. Hilarious. <laughs> we saw you in LMT. 
congratulations on being selected to one of the 40 under 40 in that recent issue that they had. But talk about how you got into the industry. What introduced you to dental technology? Yeah, so uh, about nine years ago now, I I lived in Wilmington at the beach and I was managing a restaurant. My buddy, I was already as high up in the restaurant as I could be. And my buddy was like, hey, you know, there's a position in the model room, Crown and Bridge you should apply. So I, I was like, okay, I'll apply. You know, I was already kind of as high up as I could go in the restaurant industry, at least, you know, managing restaurants. So I tried it out and I got very fortunate to work for absolute because the harder I worked, the more opportunity they gave me. So, you know, the more I pursued, they would let me pursue as much as I would like. They would let me learn as much as I would like. Obviously I had to put in the time and the effort, but they led me further and further throughout my career, I think, by giving me opportunities to grow as a technician. And then obviously, you know, being on the forefront of materials, like we are at Absolute, that's given me a huge leg up or a huge opportunity as well, being, you know, them willing to spend the money on the newest printers, the newest mills, all the newest materials to try out and kind of be the first people to test them. I think I've been pretty fortunate just being able to work for Absolute and and the opportunities that they've given me. But I started in the model room and I worked my way up. You know, I would work extra hours after hours to to learn different things. And I just did whatever they needed me to do. So do you specialize in removable at this point? Exactly. So now at this point, so I was helping, I kind of did a little bit of everything at the Wilmington branch. So that's a little bit smaller of a lab, but it is under Absolute. And we were full service down there, but the volume was nowhere near what the mothership is, what like we like to call it. Um, so they actually offered me a position to come help manage the removals department because they were growing and they needed some help operation. Uh, and I knew how to do, you know, a good bit of removables, but we had a lead tech here that kind of helped get me to that next level in removables. So Bernie helped me out a lot. He spent a lot of time with me teaching me different things and, you know, the proper way to do some of the things I didn't know how to do. I knew how to do basic removables, but we do carbon flex frameworks, Duraflex, flexible partials, which I hadn't really done any flexible partials before I got here. Yeah. And then working with Conrad and Dries and Jack Morano, I, I got really involved with fixed hybrids, removable hybrids. So all of the big full arch cases, I was able to really get involved with those. And under their guidance and under their wing, I really was able to take it that step further where, you know, managing removals, but also working on these high-end cases with some of the best technicians in the country, I think, with Jack and with all the things that Conrad's done and, and then Dries, who's behind the scenes, just always, you know, them giving me their input, they're giving me their feedback and kicking stuff back. You know, the quality is always one of our main focus here at Absolute. So I think being the standard that I've only known is mm-hmm. the high quality that they want and that they demand. I'm only used to that quality. So it's helped me become, I think, the technician that I am today. It'd be hard for you to go to start doing economy Medicaid dentures all of a sudden, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I would take too much time more than likely. I would uh, not be fast enough for one thing, probably. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know if you know it, but it's a nod to your age that most removable technicians are a whole lot older and there's not a lot of younger technicians coming into the removable area. So I really think that it's a nod to you that you're learning it and you're so good at it and you're managing it. Hopefully you'll start mentoring some younger 
uh, text as well. And I look forward to that. I've been fortunate enough, uh, Jerry Kaiser, actually, I met him and he actually invited me to his lab and, and I got to kind of hang out with him and his team and just see what a, a real removables lab was all about because, you know, we're full service at Absolute and it was built off of Crown and Bridge. So getting work with Jerry some and just seeing the environment and just seeing what he's built, you know, him and his team, it was a great opportunity. He's been a great mentor for me. Just the small text messages that he sent, you know, mm-hmm. on random occasions mean more to me than than a lot of other things. So I, I do look forward to to mentoring some of our younger technicians, which I think I already am doing. I, I try to be hard on them and, and kind of push the level and push the how good we want the final outcome to be. But I also try to have fun with it at the same time. I don't want it to be too serious, but I do demand, you know, we do demand the quality. So I try yeah. to find that balance. Yeah, but if you can't have fun at work, there's no point of work in, man. You got you to gotta have some enjoyment in it. <laughs> exactly. So you manage the removable department. Talk about your day. Do you spend time on the bench or is it mostly phone calls and organization? So yes, with me being able to do a little bit of everything, which I think you kind of need to nowadays, especially somebody calls out, I can step in. But on a daily basis, yeah, I'm on the phone all day. Even if I'm at the bench, I'm still on the phone. So customer service, case planning, just answering questions about anything that they need, implant questions. I'm lucky I I know quite a bit about implants as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And we are doing a lot of digital dentures. Mm. And so I have a really good team under me that really is behind the scenes, fabricating everything and figuring out the ins and outs to the digital workflows. Kate, she does an amazing job and her team. So I'm the one on the phone explaining how to do it, how we do it, what's the best workflow, trying to problem solve different cases. And that's why I love this industry. Absolutely. Yeah, because you get to deal with doctors and walk them through and help them out and, you know, have a happy patient at the end of the day and a successful case. And there's so many good things to it. Exactly. Yeah, that's and that's our goal. You know, uh, happy doctor, happy patient (laughs) Yeah, people's lives. Yeah, yeah. it is super exciting. So there's a lot of similarity because before I got into this industry, I was also managing uh, restaurants. And really? I went to manage. Come yeah, on. I didn't you know knew that. that. No, yes, I didn't. Did. All right. Yeah, I do I now. Go back and listen <laughs> to the old episodes. So, <laughs> I learned a lot managing restaurants and it helped me manage people in the lab. Do you find that? Do you take those experiences from the restaurant into the lab? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was managing a restaurant down at the beach, so I had many different personalities yeah. And I think that's in any industry, but, uh, you know, in the lab, you have so many different personalities and you need to kind of figure out, you know, how do I address this person and push them to be better? Some people you have to kind of push them more. Some, some people you need to be a little bit easier on. So working in the restaurant, starting there, I kind of figured that out at a young age. I think I got lucky yep. in that sense. And, and you get a sense of rush, you know, cause you had that like dinner rush yep. and the same thing happens to a lab all of a sudden. All day. All day, but it comes in waves, just like it comes in a restaurant. The similarities were always fascinating to me. No, very true. Yep. The waves of rush. But yeah, like Barb said, uh, I feel like, you know, right now, and I know it's across industry, it's a a rush all day right now, which is good, which is good. But you have to be on your toes and and on, you know, with me being on the phone and helping technicians and doing some cases, I, you know, I really have to stay on my toes all day. So I'm nonstop all day, which I like my days fly by. Oh, heck yeah. 
I, I tell you what, when you're doing that and managing people and talking to clients and working on cases, the days fly by. That's what I love too. It's so exciting. So I have to segue just really quickly. So yesterday we had to cancel our uh, podcast with you and you have a 11 month old son. Yes, exactly. Yep. Aw, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so you definitely awesome. have your hands full then, right? Yeah, I'm nonstop. And then I, I get home and then it's nonstop. You know, I, I have to try to help as much as I can. Oh, yeah. Awesome. That's great. So you mentioned digital dentures. Are you doing those or is another department handling those? No, so my department handles them. But we have our analog department and we have our digital. Oh, and you manage both? And I manage both. Yep. Oh, wow. Wow. Now I do have Kate and she's great. She's doing an amazing job. Sure. She's, you know, there at the bench figuring out the, she's really good on CAD on three shape, but I'm on the phone handling any cases, case planning, and I can sit down and do it. I'm not as good as Kate is. I'll tell you that, but uh, I can, I can still sit down and do it if I need to. Yeah. How was your personal learning curve for the digital aspect of doing dentures with clients? Like, was that hard for you to wrap your arms around and be able to teach it and learn it and all of that with that different skill, I guess I would consider it. So with digital dentures in this way, I like to explain it for the clinician. It can be as digital as they want it to be from using a integral scanner as a starting point of the case mm-hmm. to as analog as they want it, where the only thing that they get that's digital for them is it's just a printed prototype. So really they're not doing anything digital. So it's just explaining and and working with clinicians and showing them that, hey, it's really not that different from analog if if you don't want it to be. Now, we use the reference denture technique where you use the patient's existing denture Hmm. as a starting Mm -hmm. point. Yeah. And that's a great digital workflow. They can either scan it with the intraoral scanner and send us the file, and then we fabricate a denture off of that. Or they could send it to the lab and we can scan it on our benchtop scanner and send it back to them and, and then fabricate the denture. So. It's nice because we can be as digital as we need to be, or with some clinicians, they would rather stay analog for the most part. They don't have a scanner. Well, they don't need to worry about having a scanner because we have the scanner here. Do you think a lot of dentists feel that they can't do a digital denture because they don't have a scanner? Do you think that's just like the mindset that they have? I think at first, yeah. So at first, when they hear digital denture, that is their first, they're like, oh, I don't have a scanner. And I'm like, oh, well, you don't need to worry about that. Yeah. So it's been nice. You know, I think that's been a big thing, you know, just informing the clinicians and, and helping guide them, you know, and working on them. I mean, they, I have clinicians that's helped me through this process as well a lot. I bet. Yeah. Are you doing more digital or are you still doing more analog? We are doing more digitally processed dentures and we nice. print them uh, with loose tone 199 on the carbon. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Okay. Of course he has one of those yeah, yeah that's not me now that's what i was saying i'm lucky you know conrad and Dries are willing to invest in materials and equipment that we need to be forefront yeah absolutely so when a doctor orders a denture they don't specify they want digital do you inform them they're getting digital or do you just that's what you guys sell and that's what it is so at first on every case they came in when we, when we first transitioned over every case that came in it would come to my bench and I'd make a phone call oh jeez yeah you well you know somebody gets a printed prototype and they're like what is this there's no wax there's I can't move the teeth yeah and I ended up just having conversation after conversation and explaining the the pros which they're pretty much only pros to doing digital dentures compared to the 
cons. Mm -hmm. So if you don't set teeth chair side, so if you're, if, if the doctor doesn't set teeth chair side, the digital denture is the way to go. Yeah. Well, that's most of them. So. <laughs> exactly. There's hardly anybody that sets teeth chair side nowadays. Yeah. And we have some prosthodontists that we work with actually. And all we do with that, where they would set teeth chair side is we'll do a team view. So we'll get the case set pretty much exactly where they want it, you know, follow the by room, get everything mm -hmm. pretty much where they want it. And then we'll make a phone call and, and we'll do a team view and we can literally reset the teeth, how the doctor would like them. Wow. With the patient sitting there? No, the patient's not oh. sitting there, but you know, the, the, some of the prosthodontists that we're working with, they know, you know, they know their patient, they know they got the bite right. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the big things. As long as you get that bite room right and you've contoured that wax room to where it needs to be, then you don't lose any of the information digitally. So I'm able to pull the wax room in and out of the design. Wow. That's cool. See, I don't do a lot of digital dentures at all. So for me, just to be able to visualize that, that sounds like one hell of a tool. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you're able to check on the, the technician. So, you know, traditional analog, you set the teeth using the wax room. Well, as soon yeah. as the technician sets the teeth, you have to just go, you know, you can make templates and everything, but for the most part, you have to trust the technician followed that wax room mm -hmm. in the analog. Yeah. Interesting. Do you see a lot less remakes with digital? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And a lot less processing errors, you know, one, and that's one of the other great things. The printed prototype is going to fit exactly how the final does. Mm -hmm. So you're addressing fit, function, everything at the try and and then when we process it, it's a one-to-one -one copy. So not unless you choose the wrong file to say you've done two trines and somehow yeah. you actually choose the first trine. That happened one time and it was very embarrassing because I yeah. I argued with the dentist that that was like one of the things you, you know, one of the best things about it. And then I had to call him back the next Oops. day and apologize. <laughs> yeah. So. Do you see a lot of multi-trines or do you usually get it on the first try? I think that kind of depends on what workflow we're doing. If it's a uh -huh. reference denture, which you're using the patient's existing denture as a starting point, we do plenty of those where it's one try-in and you're good to go. Yeah. Wow. Now, and then it also depends on the clinician. Did they take the time to get that bite right? If the bite's off, then that's most of the time and then we have to, when we have to do another try-in. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a patient break a denture and then you were able to pull it up and just redo it without having to go through any of that? Yep, exactly. And that's one of the huge selling points um, for the digital dentures is, yep, the patient awesome. breaks the denture, which it's been very uncommon. There's been mm -hmm. no teeth debonding, which is amazing. The only thing that's happened is they've we've had a few break now, but out of, I think, 2,000, I can still count on one hand. Yeah, yeah, that's not too bad. <laughs> well, but you're still. driving trucks over them now. <laughs> yeah, that's Conrad. He likes yeah. to <laughs> I'd be like, I want at least two because I have at least four pairs of loops all over this company. So if I had dentures, I would want at least two. One to lose and one to wear. Yep. And that's actually one of the other great things is, you know, we'll offer, if you go ahead and order two of them right away, then you get the second one for a discounted price, obviously. Awesome. Um, but for somebody who has one of their parents in a, in a nursing home and they misplace yeah. their dentures, you know, yep. you can go ahead and print two and they keep one. And if their parent loses the denture in the nursing home, you just 
they actually have the other one right there and they just take it over. That's got to be a huge upsell for you. Uh, that totally makes sense to me. Do you have a lot of offices bite and take that second set? Um, so we have, we not, not really because you yeah. can order within two years. Is that how long you keep the file? Yeah. So we keep everything in the cloud. So we have everything backed up. Nice. Okay. So as long as something unforeseen doesn't happen, we should have that file. That's one of the things that we sell, you know, is we will keep the file for you, call us and we can reprint the denture. Hmm. Very wow. interesting. So with your daily carbon use, how's that been going? We haven't talked to someone that daily uses a carbon in a while. Is other than still, myself, of course. Other than yourself. <laughs> it just sits there not doing dentures. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> are, are you still getting the support that carbon was so famous for? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when something failed, they were there the next day. They, yeah. We had them even call us before and let us know, you know, hey, we're going to be there for a maintenance. You're going to need to work around us being there for two hours. So it's been a good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. They don't mess around. They come up, they get it up and they get it running. They send the updates. You know, they've been excellent to work with for me anyways. And then the key splint, the key splint night guard material. I don't know if you've tried that bar, but <laughs> if you do night guards and you have a carbon, I would highly recommend doing the key splint night guards it's a it's an amazing material why is it better than the others we digitally design it and then there's no processing it's printed but the material actually it's not a soft it's called key splint soft but it's not soft it has a rigid outside but when it's in the patient's mouth it actually the inside of it adapts to the patient's teeth and, and kind oh. of cushions wow so, we're having great feedback. People are loving them. They're fitting great. And, and we do take the time to to mount every case on a SAM-3 articulator, every night guard, and dial in the occlusion. Wow. it's yeah. important. <laughs> Did you say there's no post-processing on those? Well, we do finish and dial in the occlusion on the articulation, but there is no processing in the sense of, you know, we don't have to go upstairs and pack or pour, process. It's printed. So you're not going to run into there's always processing errors, I feel, with when you have, you know, human processing errors, whereas the carbon, we really haven't, as long as you put the supports right, and I mean, the carbon's been on top of its game. I mean, with, with what we've produced, it's been consistent. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had to call on a night guard that was due the next day because it misprocessed or <laughs> right. had yep. a huge air bubble and then yep. it fell apart. You're just like, really? <laughs> yeah. You got to reduplicate the model. I mean, then that whole process is such a process. Yeah. So. So what's next for the removable department at Absolute? What are you guys working on? So we uh, just kind of, we're still going hard with the, with the digital dentures. I mean, it's, it's yeah. kind of taking off. So just growing that area and we still actually get a lot of analog cases. So right now we're just, we're kind of just going with what we have sure because we're still learning i mean digital you know digital dentures they've been around for a little while but i say we still learn too yeah every day trying yeah. to do a digital denture to uh to a partial you know the different workflows so nothing really new up our sleeves right now yeah just trying to to really master what what we are doing continue to master what we're doing what was it like for you personally when the uh, magazine launched and uh, you were a 40 under 40? Did you get a lot of phone calls and a lot of love? Yeah, I got I got a little bit of love and some, some <laughs> phone calls. I got a lot of, uh, I still get it, you know, at the lab. 
you know, oh, 40 under 40, you know, they, they, all, they give me a hard time. It's been more of a hard time from, from like Jack. Yeah. Jack's, yeah. Jack's a great guy, but he, he loves giving me a hard time because he was 40 under 40 first. Aw, that's cool. Yeah, he doesn't let me forget that. <laughs> no, it was probably a long way away. away. <laughs> yeah. He's, He's probably thinking, gonna... damn, I wish I was still there. Yeah. That's cool. So you're going to get on the circuit, start talking now that you're famous? So Conrad, I actually did my first live speaking engagement last week. Good oh, for really? you. A lot of nerves? I was very nervous. Yeah. Not a great public speaker, but I think once I got through the first like five minutes, I was speaking about something I knew about, like the back of my hand. Yeah. Yep. So it got to be more of like a conversation, which was nice. That's fantastic. What was the speaking for? We were with Itero and Zimmer. Uh-huh. And I was just speaking about the digital dentures and the workflows. So nice. I talk about that all day on the phone. So it was it was easy. Yeah. When you talk person to person, you have to, in your mind, think that you're on a phone and it goes a lot easier. <laughs> it takes a lot of guts to get up and do that, though. I remember my first time I was really, really, really nervous. And I think still you're always going to get nervous. But I think nerves is a part of the fact that you care and it's important and you want to do a good job. And, but keep doing it because um, it sounds like you have an awful lot to teach people. Thank you. Yeah. I think I'll be nervous for a while. I mean, I'm honestly <laughs> a little nervous right now, but y'all are super easy to talk to. So that's been nice. <laughs> Elvis is anyways. He always talks over me, but we have a love-hate relationship. So just kidding. More hate it's than a- love. <laughs> um, <laughs> are you hoping to get to the point in your career where you never have to process a denture again? Do you oh, see yeah. that future? Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that's going to happen. I mean, Depending on the case, you know, it's still, we do like hater bar, locator bar. I think yeah. there's still the traditionally processed need for those cases right now. Yeah. But I think eventually, you know, it's all about materials and, and advancing. So we definitely try new things, but I think some ways of processing are still best the old school. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the general feeling of everybody. Do you think digital will eventually do it you think we'll eventually have a printed overdenture that's good (laughs) oh yeah i definitely think so i think it's gonna happen fairly soon i mean we've done a hate it's all depends on how much space you have i think too yeah if you have plenty of space vertical you can make the base thick enough well then it will be strong enough to support the the clips or the locators that are inside so i think a lot of it is limited space when you're thinking about that that's why you're going with a locator bar or a daughter bar because mm-hmm. uh, you do have limited space yeah i think it's definitely going to get there and, and and we have done it we've done a, a daughter bar case and it's it's done knock on wood but it's been two and a half years so wow so you printed the denture and then you what looted in exactly the clip oh it actually worked really well. We took that leap more so than a yeah. lot of people, but it still is hard for me sometimes to always take that leap and completely say, oh, digital is the only way. Yeah. But it's getting there, I think. I mean, two years ago, me and two and a half, three years ago, me and Conrad drove to Charlotte, and we definitely were not thinking that we were going to be doing digital dentures. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah. Carbon and Dense Pie had a material that was actually strong and aesthetic, finally. Sweet. Nice. You were there with Conrad when you first learned about this product. Yeah, he actually took me up. He, he was like, hey, we're yeah. going to drive up there. and He told that story when he was on the podcast. So <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Chris, I think it's great. I love hearing that we have such a, a great force in their youth in the removable industry. <laughs> me too. Yep. We don't hear it enough, and I hope more people get inspired by it. Yeah, I hope so too, because removables is taking off. So that is... Uh, yes, it know, is. <laughs> that's the part of the industry to get into, I think. It's the place to be. It is. Well, Chris, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you all. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye. The Asiga Max, the world's most advanced lab 3D printer, offers exceptional productivity. Well over 400 labs in the U.S. can attest to its accuracy, speed, and precision. With a 62 micron print precision, The Max is optimized for both the dental lab or the clinical environment. Its exclusive SPS smart positioning system technology guarantees that every single layer is formed accurately, resulting in consistent results in any environment. And its single point calibration makes calibration extremely accurate and fast. As an open material system, you can print any suitable resin from any material manufacturer. Your choice, no strings. The Max also features the fastest material changeover of any 3D printer. Labs love this. Change completely from one print resin to another in under 30 seconds, which is really amazing because you and I both know how hard that is. All of this and the finest, most dependable technical support staff in the dental lab industry. Call Whitmix today or visit Whitmix.com to find out more about the Asiga Max. And as always, we appreciate your support of the podcast, Whitmix. Big thanks to Julia and Chris for coming on our podcast. And congratulations for making LMT's 40 Technicians Under 40 magazine. This industry totally needs more young people to enter our profession. And we hope that under your leadership and guidance, you might hire the next 40 technicians under 40. We are happy to talk to any other technicians featured in the 40 under 40 issue. Please reach out to us at info at voicesfromthebench.com and we can find out about your story. And don't forget, get us those audio thanks for the Dental Technician and CDT Appreciation Month. It's easy to do and it really does mean a lot to those to thank them. Also... Dot, dot. Remember that the FDLA Symposium is just a few weeks away. It's June 11th to 12th in my backyard, Orlando, Florida. FDLA.net to register if you're itching to get away and do an in-person meeting because it's going to be great and the weather's amazing. So That's why I'm going, just for the weather. Yep. And to spend the whole time in a hotel. Yep. <laughs> nice. Not me. I'll be at the pool. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I will be at the Preet booth, so please come see me to talk all things attachments and implants. I will. I'm just going to say hi, and then I'm going to go to the pool. Oh, okay. <laughs> Barb goes for the education. <laughs> Not. Poolside. I do, actually. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. That's all we got for you. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye.
Friday, end of the month. Do you remember what that's like? 